0: want to welcome you to the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. God is a God that moves forward. In today's episode, Pastor John talks about being intentional about our lifestyle of worship in order to draw closer to God and not backslide away from it. We have a great message in store. Let's tune in. Pastor, I'm, I'm the one leading this, right? Wrong. I'm not the one leading this. The Holy Spirit is the one that's leading us. But the Lord spoke to me and he says, I am showing people that they don't need a high priest on earth. For I am their high priest. He said, I'm showing them that I can come minister to them at any time. And some of you right now are beginning to wonder because you're going to leave out of here in the same situations that you had before you got here are still going to be there. But right now you're feeling a little bit like, wow. I just took about 30 tons off my shoulders. Something different just happened in, in 30 minutes of worship. Isn't it wonderful that in 30 minutes of worship, it can change 24 hours of your life? I don't know. I can't do the math. I, I'm not good at math. I'm not great at math. I can count money, but when it comes to doing fractions and, and, and stuff, but I'm trying to figure out. So if I can just worship for, we didn't even worship 30 minutes. Let's say we worship 20 minutes. If I just worship 20 minutes, give God my full attention for 20 minutes, it can change my whole day. I mean, it doesn't take a scientist, a genius, to realize that's a good investment. Come on. Some of y'all couldn't sleep last night because you were worried about today. Well, You came in here tired because you was worried about something that probably is not going to happen. But God said, I did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And When you have a sound mind, then you're going to get some sleep at night. Anxiety attacks and panic attacks ain't nothing but us being full of fear. God said, I didn't give you that. You had to take fear. On, you had to receive fear. But who was giving it to you? Huh? Come on, somebody, because at, at, if we think about it, if God is the one that gives us faith, he's the author and finisher of our faith, then the opposite of that is fear. And who is the author of fear and confusion? So basically, it's like this. Let's say this is fear. That's what that's what the devil did to you. He came up and gave it to you. He he didn't make you take it. He goes here and you took it. And what we do sometimes is not only do we take it, but we embrace it. See, I I need you to understand that, you know, Jesus himself, the Bible said that he was acquainted with grief. And we get this mixed up because I got friends and I got acquaintances. Friends is somebody I'm in fellowship with. Friends is somebody that I commune with. Friends is somebody that I trust and I open up to. But the Bible says Jesus was acquainted with grief. Grief brings fear. Fear paralyzes. It says he was acquainted, which means he knew of it, but he didn't have friendship with it. He didn't commune with fear and grief. Some of us are communing and and, and we're friends with grief and fear and panic And because we become friends, because we taking it in and commune with it, that's why we're having panic attacks at night. That's why we're thinking our hearts, we're having heart attacks. That's why we're looking at people and snapping at them when they just say hello, because we're so busy, focused in our mind about what's happening to my body. Am I having a heart attack? Uh, What's going on? Fear. But the opposite of fear is faith. I don't see it. I don't know how it's going to happen. But God, I trust your word And I'm going to move and walk in that trust. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. But I am moved by the word of God. For in you I live, I move, and I have my being. I'm not even into the preaching word yet. I'm I'm just sharing what's on my heart. So y'all get ready. I won't be long though. I promise. We'll be out of here by 4 o'clock. Football season's over. You ain't got nothing to go home to. Well, you know what we'll do? We'll break up into small group into a big group. How about that? So let me share something about fear, if, if I can share fear about, in my life. I, I, as a pastor, I have to be honest, I'm just going to be transparent with you. There are some fears that I have as a pastor. And I know that's shocking, all you guys, because, of course, looking at me, you guys are like, look, this guy, he's a pastor. So he doesn't have fear. He's got it all together. No, I don't. I stand as Paul did. I don't have it all together. I have not apprehended everything. I'm telling you this now. I am just as frail as you guys are. And if you don't think you're frail, you're full of pride. But I'm frail, and I have fear, and I deal with fear. And one of the fears is is that God laid something on my heart as a young man is that I wanted to be bilingual. I always wanted to be bilingual. I wanted to speak more than one language. And... What held me up was just these old TV shows I used to watch when I was young, and I didn't realize at the time that it was building up fear in my life, and it was going to be a stronghold that would stop me from reaching the destination and the vision that God has given me for my life. I didn't realize that at seven and eight years old, but I remember watching TV shows, and anytime anybody began to try to speak French, if they didn't say it right, they always made French people look like they were the bad guy. Like, you stupid, ignorant pig, you did not say that right. So I always had this thing in my mind that if you don't say it right, don't say it at all because people will end it. They're going to get all over you for not speaking Spanish right because that's my heart. To speak Spanish. So with this year and, and you guys that have been in this church for a while. My heart is not to have a, a segregated service. Kay? I hate segregation. And when we think of segregation, you know, of course, we think of the 50s. But I'm talking about why we got segregation in churches. And, and, and praise God, bless, bless the pastors, because most of the time pastors will say, you know, I want to minister to the Spanish people, so I'm going to hire a Spanish pastor, and then right after English service, we'll have a Spanish tr- service. Well, guess what? If we just had two services, maybe God wouldn't move in the second service like he moved in the first service. So with everybody of all different languages, when everything were in one place, worshiping one God, at the same time, wait a minute, this sounds like the book of Acts, then the Holy Spirit will fall. And you'll hear people saying, Santo, 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 Gloria, Gloria. You'll hear people in other languages giving God praise. So this was always on my heart. And and, and I've been telling people, one day I'm going to preach in Spanish. I married somebody. I married uh, Rio and um, Ruben, and I did it in Spanish. And it was was cool, but I was nervous. Because mind you, there wasn't only Spanish-speaking people there. There were people straight from Mexico that spoke Spanish. So I'm under the microscope. So I have this fear. But this year when God told us, he said, listen, I don't change the vision. The vision I've given to you is forever. The only time a vision of a church changes is when either you were wrong about the vision at first or you're being disobedient to what God's trying to show you. So God gave us a vision. The vision here is to build real relevant relationships. First, with God and man. Second, with God's people. And third, with the community. So that's what God showed me. And I was like, okay, that's our mission. That's what we do. That's our vision. And I said, okay, God, but um, he said, this year, I need you to start being intentional, be intentional. So I said, okay, I need you to start your, your, your vision that I give you about speaking Spanish. I need you to start speaking Spanish during service. Whew. So God, you want me to get up here and try to start speaking Spanish to people. And they're just going to, when I say things wrong, because I do, they're going to look at me and go, why is he doing that? And fear set in. There's times that I was up here just recently, and I'd have something in Spanish on my paper, uh, on my notepad, and I'm looking, and I'd get ready to say it, and fear would just gri- grip me, and I would skip over it because of fear. But the Lord began to show me, if you're going to be intentional about it, you can't be afraid. You can't allow fear to hold you and keep you from the vision and the plan and purpose that I have for you. The vision that I have for ministering to the Latino culture and the Latino people is not of my own. It has been given to me by God. And if I allow fear to stop me, the vision will never be realized. It's not God's fault. If the vision doesn't come to pass, it's mine. So I began to, you know, I started being intentional about doing it. So I'm sharing this with you because as I'm speaking today in Spanish, will I get everything right? No. Am I afraid when I do it? I'm still afraid. But God told me this. He gave me his commandments. He says, be full of courage. So if he gave me the commandment to be courage, you know what courage is? Doing things afraid. So that I'll do that to make sure that the vision of God comes forth. Because in my my vision, and, and it's not just preaching, you guys, Look, it's just not being up here preaching. This is what God showed me. He showed me walking, and it's so vivid, and I see it all the time. I'm walking down the street, and I see this lady. She's a little old Latina lady, and she's walking, and she has a scarf over her head and a dress on, and she's walking very slow. And as she's walking... God gives me a word to give to her, but I'm able to give it to her, minister to her in her own language. And as I minister into her own language and tell her things and prophesy to her in her own language, it's, it means a whole lot more. If, if there's anybody in here bilingual would understand is that when your natural language, when somebody speaks to you in your natural language, the dominant language, it means a whole lot more. And as I speak to her and prophesy to her in my, in my vision that I have, she receives Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Now, watch this. Watch this. this. This is a vision. And then after she does that, now, I don't know. Did anybody see Coco? You guys seen Coco? if you haven't seen Coco, get it. But it shows that in, in it, it's not just in the, in the Latino culture, but how, the influence that a grandmother has on the family. So as I as I spoke to her and she received Christ, God set her free from religion. And she got saved. She got filled with the Holy Ghost right on the street. And she goes home with the influence that she has on her family. And she's able to minister to her family. And not only is she saved, but she saves her whole family and everybody she has influence on. This is a vision God gave me. Listen, people, we get so caught up in visions and dreams that God gives us, but we never do anything to make it happen. How many people got dreams for their lives right now? Who, who has a dream for their life? It's not going to happen sitting there dreaming. My mother, God rest her soul, my, my uh, mother-in-law, she says nothing comes to a sleeper but a dream. So if you ain't going after that dream, you sleeping. Sleep. Stay woke. All right. So let's get with this. So how's everybody doing this morning? Hello. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Everybody doing okay? Yeah. All right, all right. So, those of you guys that have been here, I just want to ask you guys a question. Seguimos siendo intentionales. Are you guys still being intentional? Are you? You are? O te has mudado, drawn back? Or have you guys drawn back? That's my question for you this morning. Are you still being intentional? Because about being intentional, because there's one thing I have to say. This is what, the end of February? How many people, when the year was coming in, said, you know what? I'm going to lose weight this this year. You were intentional about it. Ain't been to the gym yet. (laughs) Diet hasn't started. But you were serious about it. Amen. Amen. You guys, just be honest. just, just, Just put your foot down and allow the devil to be a lie. And it's okay to be honest in here. There's so many dreams that you guys intended on doing this year. I, you know what? I'm going to clean that closet out. <laughs> closet ain't seen nothing but more clothes and junk. Right? You are serious about doing it. But because the end of the year is not new anymore, we're no longer being intentional. And you know what happens when we're not intentional, when we don't do what we say we're going to do? We start drawing back from that vision. We start drawing back from everything. And that's what happens. Well, just you guys, so you guys know, uh, El Estudio Bíblico de Martes... So the Bible study for this last Tuesday was about worship. And we, we talked, and as I was sitting there and talking to the panel that we had, we had a wonderful panel. It was our mom, our dear mom, Minister of Music Atira, my beautiful wife Kaya, and Pastor Jenny were all sitting on the panel. And they were talking to us about worship. And as, what I began to see about worship was this. I realized that in order for us to follow God and be in his presence... We must be found worshipers. Debemos ser adoradores, adoradores. We have to be found worshipers. Tenemos que ser intencionales acerca de ser intencional. We have to be intentional about being intentional. We have to be. Because if we say we're going to be intentional, then that's just good intentions. And you know the old saying that, guess what, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You go out to a graveyard, you see a lot of people that were, people say the graveyard is full of potential. When I die, I want to die empty. I don't want any potential in me because I want to put all my potential into action. I want it to become to to fruition in my life. Now, we've been talking about being uh, intentional for over five weeks and we cannot forget to be intentional. Uh, nuestro tema ha sido intentional por más de cinco semanas. No podemos olvidar de ser intentionales. Intentional means doing things on purpose. So we had some rules about being intentional that we've learned over the last five weeks. And number one, the first lesson that we learned was we have to write the vision down. Escribe la visión. You have to write it down. If you don't write it down, you're gonna forget. Now watch this. When God gives you a dream, when God gives you a vision, he always always shows you the ending and not the beginning. Let me let me give you a for instance. God shows you, and he could see, you can see you owning that business and you prospering. He shows you owning many different things and how you're a blessing in the community. God shows you all these things. But you notice he doesn't show you how you have to start. He doesn't show you about all the people you had to hire and fire. He didn't show you how you had to go out and rent places and the money that you lost. He doesn't show you how you had to go out and get insurance. He doesn't show you all that. But he shows you the dream, the finished product, and never shows you the beginning. Why? Because if he shows you what you got to go through to get the vision and dream, you will get discouraged and quit before you even start. How do I know? Well, let's talk about this guy in the Bible named Joseph. Joseph had a dream. We call him the king of dreams. Joseph had a dream that in his dream it 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 discerned this, that his brothers that were older than him would one day bow down to him in authority. So he saw that, but guess what he didn't see? He didn't see his brothers betraying him. He didn't see himself being thrown in a pit. He didn't see himself being uh, sold into slavery. He didn't see himself going and being betrayed by the person that he served. He didn't see himself in prison being forgot about. But I am sure and I am confident of this, that Joseph kept that dream, that vision that God gave him on his mind. Because if not, he would have gave up when he was first thrown in a pit. So God says, write the vision down. Why? Because when those hard times come, you can go back and read it and run with it. And realize that God's worry says, listen, the vision will come to pass. Though it may tarry, it shall still come to pass. So number two, the second thing we have to learn. It's to create small goals to reach the vision. Create poquinos objetivos. We have to create small steps to get to the vision. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever, like, you were in a hurry and you ran, you were going up the stairs, and, and you went, you know, normally you take two steps, but you were feeling energetic that day, and you jump, and you try to take three steps, but you miss the third step, and you and you fall. If it ain't happened to you, it's happened to me, telling on myself. You get hurt. And you lay there, making you not want to go upstairs. If it happened at work, you'll never take the stairs again. I'm taking an elevator, right? Well, this is what happens to us a lot of times, you guys. If we don't take small steps to get to the larger goal, we'll never get there. Because sometimes we need smaller steps so that when we get up to the third or fourth step, we can look back to see how far we've gotten, but we also are able to look up and see how much further we have to go. I don't know about you, but there's been times like I'll set a goal, and then I, I, as I'm on my way to achieving that goal, I look and I'm like, dude, I'm not getting anywhere. And I get discouraged. But if you make smaller steps as you're walking those steps, for instance, if you say, I want to lose 48 pounds this year. I didn't hear nothing. Everybody's like, 48, not?" <laughs> I want to lose 48 pounds this year. I'm just using 48 because it's an easy number with 12 to go into. So, Okay. Four pounds pounds a month? Okay, so four pounds a month. So if I tell myself for the next year, 12 months, I'm going to lose four pounds a month. And at the end of the year, if I lose four pounds a month, I'm going to lose? Okay, okay, you guys are good. 48 pounds. So the first month, I lose four pounds. Second month, I lose another four pounds. Third month, I lose two pounds. So if we didn't keep up with what we were doing and making smaller steps, we would think we'd never get to where we're going I only lost two pounds i'm trying to lose 48 i'm only lost two but if we look and we go man I only lost two pounds but i look back i've already lost eight so two is 10 and now i only got 38 more to go and now i can create some more steps to change that up now i'll just kind of make you know different i'll change the steps that i take now i got 38 pounds that i gotta lose and i got how many months was it okay we got uh nine months to go <laughs> so now i got to do that math and figure that out right i'm not doing it right now this is a bible lesson not a math lesson so we create small steps to get to our goal. Number three this is very important. We have to anticipate. Tienes prever. We have to anticipate. We have to foresee problems and issues before we get to them. How many people in here say stuff like this? Why? We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. That is the biggest no-no you ever want to do. If you can foresee a problem happening, why not solve the problem before you get to it? If I know I'm going to need a bridge, that means there's going to be some kind of gap. So why not build the bridge so when I get there, I'm just going to lay the bridge down so I can cross that gap. But what ends up happening is we put it off. And when we get to that gap, when we get to where we need a bridge, the small problem has become a big problem. So why not solve it while it's still small? So we have to be able to foresee. If you're going to be intentional about the vision that God gives you, you have to, one, write the vision down. Number two, you have to create small steps to get to the vision. Number three, you have to be able to foresee, to anticipate problems. And number four, you, oh my gosh, you guys, listen. Don't procrastinate. No postponer las cosas. Hazlo ahora. Do it now my gosh you guys how many people have said you know what man let me go ahead and put that in my calendar to do it later i'm just letting that sink in for a second some of you guys grabbed your phones like oh yeah i forgot to put that on there you know, so many times, we're such big procrastinators. My God, I know it, myself, I'm a procrastinator, and and I was, like, praying. I was like, God, I need some kind of sign that every time I put something off, I need, like, an alarm or something to go off. And it was like, God says, you know what? I need you I need you to pray for this person. I was like, okay, God, when I get home, I should hear something like that. Okay, God, I'll do it now. I'll do it now. So, we need those type of alarms in our lives, and God does. He does remind us. He'll tell us things. Let me ask you guys something. Has God ever put somebody on your mind to text, to call, and now the way things are now, even social media? Give them a Facebook. A, hey, man, I'm thinking about you, praying for you. And you know what we do? Oh, you know what? I'm going to give them a call later on. Then we forget. Watch this. Do you know what? Every time I've been obedient to the Lord when he's told me to call somebody or text somebody, it has blessed somebody's life. I remember one time God placed somebody on my heart to call, and I did not know when I called them, they were, were getting ready to commit suicide. A dear brother of mine. I had no clue. And I called him. And I, even while I was talking to him, God didn't reveal it to me. The dude revealed it to me later on. He said, man, you don't realize I was sitting, getting ready to take my life, literally, and the phone rang, And it was you. I didn't know what I was calling for. I just, the Lord said, call him. But if I would have put it off, yeah. I'd have been without a friend. Yeah. Stop putting off what you can do right now. Stop putting it off till later. Yeah. While you got the time to do it, do it. When God reminds you, you're going to hear that horn. <laughs> I wish the Holy Spirit that wish says we. So if you would, if you guys don't realize this or not now, we are a church, right? So we like to read this book called the Bible. So if you do me a favor, open up your Bibles to Hebrews 10, 38, 39. Now, somebody say now okay quick 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 lesson you guys know what now means ahora now this moment in this time it says now the just shall live by faith but if any man draw back my soul shall have no pleasure in him but we are not them who draw back unto perdition but of them that believe to the saving of the soul So we have to be now. It says now, not tomorrow, not later. Now, we have to live by faith. Now, today I want to talk to you guys about preventing the drawback. And I know you're asking, what is drawback? Well, let me help you. I'm going to tell you a familiar term that we use in church. Some of you guys have heard it if you've been in church for 10 minutes. You've heard this term. It's called backsliding. Drawback means backsliding. Y puedes estar preguntando, ¿qué es backsliding? Backsliding is simply put, allowing your relationship with Jesus to get cold, to get old, to get routine, or get mundane. Listen. A lot of us think that backsliding is that we're going out committing these terrible sins and we're just living a life. No, no. Let me tell you some you guys in here that are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues and, and coming to church every other day. You guys, too, can backslide because anytime you're not growing in your relationship with Christ, you're going backwards. Let me, let me help you with, with this even further. Do you realize that that there's not a gray area with Christ? He says, I give to you this day. I put it before you, blessings and cursings. Right? He says, life or death. In any of those, I don't see something in the middle. So, for instance, if I'm going, either I'm going forward with Christ or I'm going backward. Either I'm saved or I'm not. There's too many of us thinking there's some middle area. God's going to say one or two things when he sees you. He's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, which means he took pleasure. Or he's going to look at you and say, depart from me. I never knew you, thy worker of iniquity. There is no in-between like, eh, you did okay. <laughs> so either you're growing with God or you're backsliding. You're drawing back from him. You know, God is a God that moves. So if he's moving, we got to move with him. God moves forward, not backwards. And our scripture tells us those that are standing still, those that are drawing back, the scripture says this, he will take no pleasure in such people. That kind of hurts because God's not going to say, look, this is pleasure. Well done. When somebody tells you well done, isn't that pretty good? That means you did good. That means he's pleased. Somebody's pleased with you when they say well done. But if God's not saying well done, then he isn't pleased. And if he isn't pleased, then you drew back. And if he's not saying, well done, he's going to look at you and say, depart from me, thy worker of iniquity. I hope you guys are catching this. Yeah. Y puedes estar preguntando, ¿cómo evito standing still? Y drawing back, y backsl- oh, backsliding. No puede encontrar las palabras correctas en español. Compromiso? compromiso. Gracias. Gracias. <laughs> You guys are like, what did he say? I said, so the obvious question is this. How do I keep from standing still? How do I keep from drawing back or backsliding? La respuesta es adoración intencional. The answer is intentional worship. Intentional worship. Do you guys know that if you're worshiping God, you don't have to worry about anything else? Worship is the vehicle that gets us in the presence of God. How do I know? Well, if you didn't know, you, you got you were witness to it at the beginning of service. As we began to worship, things began to change. It was like, woo, the atmosphere changed. And, and I've seen people in here that 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 normally don't praise God. But all of a sudden I noticed I was like, oh, OK, wait a minute. God, you must be moving because you know what? When you get in the presence of God, look, you could get in the vehicle of worship. You're going to get right where God's at. I don't know about you, but I want to be where the Lord is. I want to be there because the Bible tells me that in his presence there is fullness of joy. See, now, now, now let me break it down so you kind of understand it. Because I can talk Christianese and everything else. with oh, a vehicle where the presence of God is. But let me break it down so you can understand. So, you know, let's say we want to go to Disneyland. Anybody want to go to Disneyland? Okay, for some of the rest of you guys that don't have kids anymore, you want to go to Jamaica. Like, I'm, I'm, my kid's out the house. I'm, I'm going to Jamaica. I ain't going to Disneyland. I'm going out the country, right? Okay, so that you come there. So in order to get to your destination, you have to make plans. Right, right. So in order for you to make the plans, you sit down, you got to find a way to get to your desired destination. So you have to intentionally set up some ways to get there. For instance, if I want to go to Jamaica, I need to make sure that first I got to get to the airport. So I know I'm going to take a vehicle, my car to the airport. Once I get to the airport, I got to take tickets. Remember, we bought the tickets way before we got to the airport because I was intentional. But before I even got to the airport, before I did that, I made my reservations for a hotel at my destination to let them know I'm coming. So then I get there, I get on the airplane. Once we land, then I need transportation again, a vehicle to get me to my hotel. You guys with me? Through the whole time I was intentional about setting plans, I was intentional about my way to getting to my destination. Now mind you, once you get there, you have a good time, you're on vacation, everything's great, you forgot. Listen, when you're on vacation, what do you go on vacation for? To forget about everything in life. You know, as I said, in life. You don't want to think about your job. You don't want to think about your hard head kids. You don't want to think about nothing crazy. You don't want to think about nothing. I don't want to think about all the stuff at my, at my business. I want to leave that alone. I don't want to deal. I'm going on vacation so I can clear my mind. Woo, I feel God in. I want to go so I can clear my mind so that when I come back to the real world, I am refreshed I am ready to roll and deal with every problem that's in front of me. See, what you guys don't realize is when we go on vacation, it's an opportunity to visit. But when we set our minds to worship God and we get in the vehicle of worship, going in God's place is not a visitation. It's an opportunity to abide. Whoa, I'm preaching harder than y'all responded. Because when I was intentional about getting to the presence of God, I didn't want to go there to leave and and not be in his presence anymore like we do on vacation. Because some of y'all be like, if I could just live in Jamaica, I would build a house right here. But God says you have an opportunity to abide in my presence. Because the same vehicle of worship that gets you to the presence of God is the same vehicle that will anchor you there worship. When you're intentional about that worship this is why the bible says if you abide in me and my word abides in you that word abide means to live in to dwell at god says i don't want you visiting my presence i don't want you just to be a sunday christian coming to visit when my presence shows up and you go home back out into the world listen saints of god when you take that vacation with god when you go out there and you say this is where i'm gonna live you still have to go back to the real world but guess what while you was there in his presence he freed your mind he let all that stuff go while you were in the presence of god you weren't caring about anything because your mind was stayed upon god he said those that keep my your mind stayed upon me i will give you perfect peace man i'm preaching when you sit down and you're thinking about god when you're worshiping him nothing else matters your mind is stayed upon him So that you can get the answers. You can hear what God's telling you. You can get the wisdom, the foresight, the know-how. So that once you're done in this presence, you still stay in a form of worship. But now you're able to go back and deal with the issues and problems of life. Woo. So we ask ourselves, what are some forms of worship? Okay, So many times, we guys, we think that worship is just coming to church and the music's playing and we got people up here and they're singing. That is just a form of worship. You have to realize that worshiping God has nothing to do with music and singing, but it has to do with how you live. See, I don't want to be known as a person that can worship good. I want to be known as a worshiper. I want to be able to go out and just people see that my life glorifies God. So what are some forms of worship? You know, in Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says this, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that the Lord ye shall receive the reward of his inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. Now let me break this down for you real quick because I need you to understand is that whatever we do, we do it for God and not as unto men. Do you know there's things at your job that you've been asked to do because you do everything else so well so they expect you to do somebody else's job? That happens to Christians because we do everything with excellence. If you're not doing something with excellence, you ain't doing your job as unto god so you know if god if god was sitting here and he said clean the floor you would clean the floor you'd be on your hands and knees making sure that every speck of dust was up because it was the lord thy god that had told you to do it but god says that same way that you would do it if he told you himself and was standing here looking at you and watching you he says the same way i need you to do everything in life worship How do I be intentional about it? Because every time I do something, I turn and look to the side and I go, hey, Jesus. Am I doing this right? Is this bringing you honor? Is this bringing you glory? Because at the end of the day, I'm trying to bring God glory. And when he's watching me, he sees it. Yes, son, that's good. He takes pleasure in me but I'm not doing it under men. I know, like, even during worship, I'm not going to mention any names, but, you know, we have one of the best worship teams in, in, in the, uh, everywhere, praise God, on earth. As far as I'm concerned, I'm waiting for them to cut our album. Let the Lord use you. <laughs> so, we got the best worship team. They sing so great, and, but, you know, don't get it wrong. It's just as great as they sing. You know, there's times I'm out here, and, and as I'm worshiping God, I hear people that can't hold a note. They couldn't hold a note if it was water and you poured it in a glass. They couldn't hold it. But you know why it's so beautiful? Because it comes from their heart. Because they're worshiping God. They don't care what you think. They're like, I'm giving God my all. I'm going to give him my best. I'm going to give him my praise. I sit here and watch my daughter worship God and she's just worshiping and just worshiping. She don't care who's looking at her. My God, I, I thank you. You know, parents, let me tell you something. I had a, a, a woman ask me this, this Tuesday. She said, how do you teach your kids to worship? I said, you don't teach them. You show them. Because my wife's a worshiper. And, and, and my daughter sees it. My daughter's at home. She'll be worshiping God without us telling her to. We'll just we'll walk upstairs. She done she's accosted my room, my, my man, my man room. She'll in there got the got worship music on, has her flags because she's seen somebody here worshiping flags. And she goes, I want to show God my love by with the flags because it looks so beautiful. So she got her own flag and she'll be in there just dancing. Nobody taught her how to do anything. Nobody, she just began, she'll dance and she'll do the flags, and then all of a sudden, because me and me and mom are, are are watching, she don't see us, she'll just fall to her knees and begin to weep and begin to cry and give god glory and give him praise because my daughter has learned at a young age to get into the presence of god and if a child's doing it we should be embarrassed that we're not doing it but forms of worship is doing everything as unto the lord it's very important saints the ultimate show of worship is this is giving your life a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto god holy we heard that word today didn't we? God commands us to be holy because he's holy. So he says present your body. You guys know what holy means? It means set apart. Set apart. Which means if I'm holy a lot of people get holy mixed up with other words like righteousness. They're two different words. Holy means God I am setting myself apart for your use. The same way you set yourself apart for the use of of the Father, that you came and you died on the cross for for, for all of our sins. You were holy, and because you were holy, we're going to be holy. And how do I show my holiness? I show my holiness by giving my life, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which just is my reasonable service. It just makes sense. Because he gave his life for me, I should give my life for him. But God's listen, worship is the giving of yourself that benefits you in the end. Just to let you know, Jesus is not like other men. He's not egotistical like some of us. Ladies, that was your perfect time to say amen. You know, look, look. like most men, ladies, you have to tell them stuff like, you know what? You are the best garbage taker-outer in the world. Oh, my God. The way you take that garbage out, oh, so sexy. Men need that. We need our ego stroke. Men do Jesus doesn't. He's complete. He don't need your worship, but he realizes that if you worship him, it's going to benefit you. Don't think God's like, oh, please, just worship me, please. I need No. He's looking at you like you got problems, you got issues. I need you to come up where I'm at. And that vehicle to get where I'm at is called worship. Start worshiping me. You can get in my presence and you'll receive the fullness of joy. Can, can I- How many people want to be happy? be happy? Everybody dogs Joel Steen and them because they talking about being happy. You know, you're gonna be happy. It's true. Let's not get super holy and like, well, you know, super uh, religious, uh, no, happy. It's not about being happy, brother. It's about being full of joy. Really? Because I know when I'm full of joy, I'm laughing. joy Joyville. joy Is that a word? Is, is that like an offshoot of joy? No? Sounds the same. Anyway. J-O, joy, joy okay anyway so look to be full of joy now if i want to be full of joy listen in the presence of god there is fullness of joy so if i'm going to get in god's presence then i have to worship there's some situations that i need some joy now it doesn't say that to worship and get in his presence is going to move you out of your situation But it says there's fullness of joy. So during my situation, if I need peace in my situation, if I want to be happy and smile in my situation, then I need to be a worshiper. Because when I worship, then I'm going to get life and life more abundantly. Fullness of joy. Not just a little joy. Not just some joy. I need the fullness of it. I need it all, Jesus. That's when Jesus said, listen, he goes, listen, I've given you life and life more abundantly. He says, I've given you life, but in that life, I want you to have joy, not just joy, but the abundant life is the fullness of joy. Mm. So back to the question, what does intentional worship look like? It looks like this, Matthew sixteen twenty-five. for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake. Shall, the same shall find it. Listen, this, listen very carefully. In the wake of so many mass shootings that we're having in our country, there was a mass shooting that happened in Florida quite some years ago at a nightclub. I need you guys to listen to this very carefully. There were hundreds of people in that nightclub. One shooter. Hundreds of people in the nightclub. One shooter. Hundreds of people trying to save their own life. And they lost it can you imagine if just three people attacked the shooter not one person came after the shooter because everybody was so busy trying to save their own lives that they didn't care about anybody else's life so i say this because the scripture came alive to me as i was watching the news i was like wow so many people how can there be hundreds of people in one place and a shooter comes in and shoots and kills almost a hundred people didn't anybody throw a chair at him? You're laughing, but this is active shooting stuff. Somebody comes in here with a gun, my God, you know, we'll pray for him because we got people in here that are armed, but at the end of the day, I'm throwing a chair, a Bible, I'm spitting at him, I'm doing something. Watch this, watch this. If I spit at you, what are you going to do? I just kept somebody from getting killed. Y'all laughing, but literally this is active shooter training. Yes, we do have armed people in here, just to let you know so you could be comfortable. We have police officers in here, we have security, we have it all. You don't need to know who it is, just know if somebody comes in here, we will pray for them as they bleed out. Just being honest, don't come up here with no foolishness. Yes, I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is our shield and our buckler, but I also believe he'll bring back to remembrance how to aim and shoot during that given time. Amen. Sorry if you don't believe in it, but we do. Amen. Hallelujah. Moving on. If you're going to look to save your life, this is the principle of God. If you're going to look to save your life, look to lose it. And what it means mean losing it? Losing it is mean worship, denying yourself getting into the presence of God because I can't be thinking about myself. The person, I'm, the people I'm telling you about that sing in here that can't hold a note, they're not, they don't care what you think. They're denying themselves. They're giving up their life. They're just like, oh Lord. So when people that come here, you look around and see the people that are serving you, the people that have usher shirts on, the people that are back there missing the service, servicing our kids. They've denied themselves. They have given up their lives so that their lives will be found and saved. For us. That's what worship looks like. To worship God, if you remember, and you look in the Bible, when people, the Bible says, and the man or the woman fell at Jesus' feet and began to worship him. Wow. Man, if you had the opportunity, Jesus came. If you had the opportunity, would you lay at his feet and worship him? Wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be a question? We'd be fighting to get to his feet like those people did. Crawling over each other, pushing to get to the feet of Jesus. But you know what? God said this. I got a foot that's so big it covers the whole United States, and it's called my church. And you know how you worship me? By serving my people. Because they are the body of Christ. If you want to kiss my hand, kiss the cheek of a brother. Remember the Bible says greet each other with a kiss? I'm connecting the dots. We serve each other. By serving each other, we're giving up our life. Because so many times, we learned it last week, we come to church to get served. But we don't come to church to get served. We come to church to serve other people. And when you give, God gives seed to the sower. as you're you're loving on other people, when you're coming and you're serving, God's going to make sure you have what you need to have so you can give it out. God ain't going to send you to give out anything if he didn't give it to you first. You may be operating on this much grace, but I dare you to give away all that grace that you have. God's gonna make sure he gives you more grace. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, It says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men come and give unto your bosoms. We use that a lot for what? Offering. Right? You know that scripture had nothing to do with offering. It basically talks about if you want more grace, Give more grace. If you want more forgiveness, give more forgiveness. If you want friends, be a friend to somebody else. And if you are friends with somebody else, God will make sure that other men will come and give to your bosom. Look, he uses other people to come bless you. Yes, it works with money. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, it's not about money. It's about grace. It's about forgiveness. It's about love. It's about patience, kindness, meekness, and long-suffering. You give that, you're going to get it. God's going to make sure. If you keep giving, God's like, man, just here. Just Matter of fact, let me just... Why do you think David said, my cup runneth over? There is no greater act of worship than giving God your all. Luke 9 and 23 as I close. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You guys can't follow Christ without denying yourself. Don't think you're following God unless you deny yourself and look denying yourself ain't just you saying it do you guys know that worship is work you guys could tweet that just give me some credit for it I'm sure worship is work I know that we are saved by grace through faith not by works lest any man boast it's the original gift that God gives us Thank you, but it's work for me to do. That's why James said, if you ask me of my faith, I'll show you my works. Basically what he's saying, you ask me of my faith, I'm going to show you my worship. My worship is that I serve people, that I've denied myself, that I pick up my cross daily. How many people know it's not easy dealing with folks? Is there any social workers in the house you know what i'm talking about if we got any managers in here it just so happens that we my wife and i and the rest of the elders here are in the business of people help us jesus because we all got issues that need tissues can i get an amen Amen. yes all of us in here we got problems we come with baggage but you know what god has placed the grace upon my life to help you deal with that baggage But listen, he didn't just pour it on me. He says he gives more grace to the humble. You guys, we have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves. How do we humble ourselves? It's not going, God, I sit here humbly before you, that you would bestow upon me your grace. No, that's lip service. You want to show that you are humble? Guess what? Go find somebody in the church and start serving them. Jesus, God in the flesh. Got on his hands and knees, took his own apron, something that he wore. It was probably knowing Jesus because Jesus had money. Don't ever let think people, people tell you that Jesus was poor because at birth he was given gold and frankincense and myrrh. This is a lot of money. You can't go out and do ministry broke. Believe me. Jesus took off his expensive stuff and washed the feet of the people that were supposed to be serving him. He humbled himself. You want to be like Jesus? Start washing the feet. Start serving God's body intentionally. It's like, you know what? Man, the building, man, they really set up. They're really intentional. So I got this thing called the OC, which is this online community that I can get on, and I can be intentional about serving. I can tell them I can serve this day. I can't serve that day because I work, and I'm off, and I'll be there Tuesday so I can serve. So I can be intentional about my worship? That was a plug-in, you guys. You guys want to know about our online community stand up please Raquel stand up after service I need you guys to see Raquel we have over over 270 some people that are actually on the OC we have over 500 people that come to this church that's only half the people we need to get you guys on the online community how many people saw the picture on Facebook of all of us going to uh, see uh, Black Panther did you guys see that you saw on Instagram social media well, the funny thing is, do you guys know that I got phone calls and people told me, how come I didn't know about it? Because you're not connected. We sent out alerts on the app and everything else for you to do things intentionally. We just don't go, hey, let's go to the movies. We planned this like three months in advance. For you, look, look we don't want to just do church. We want to do life together. That's, that's just how we are. Real, relevant relationships. You know, we got small groups today. Small groups are a big deal. I want to challenge you guys. Look. Run the race and finish it. Don't start falling off. I'll go next week. Hazlo ahora. Do it now. Don't procrastinate. Get there today. How else are you going to build relationships? How else are you going to serve God's people at your house? I know you're tired. I'm tired. And guess what? I got meetings today after service. Meeting with people. I'm still going to do it. You know why? Because that's what God's called me to do. He's called me to be a worshiper. And I'm going to serve God's people and I'm going to serve him until he comes back. I'm going to serve him until I ain't got a breath in my lungs. There was two things that I told the doctor when he told me I had to stop preaching and I had to stop working out. You know, I told him, Doc, I'm going to die doing what I love. One's working out and two's preaching the gospel. And if he allows me to be working out and preaching the gospel at the same time, well, then he's just blessed me in this life. I'll be doing a, a burpee if you like, and Jesus said that he loves you and he's coming back for you. Don't cry for me. El propósito de Dios para todo su gente es Romanos ocho, y nueve. God's purpose for us all, for all of His people, is found in Romans eight and twenty-nine. From whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren listen god's purpose for you in your life and you know without all the details just comes down to this he wants you to be conformed in the image of his son now listen he doesn't want us all to grow beards and long hair and wear sandals that's not what he's talking about he wants us to take on his virtue And his virtue is having the fruits of the spirit, patience, kindness, meekness, long-suffering temperance, love, faith, that we operate and move in that. And that's what true worship is. Listen to this. Worship changes the worshiper into the one worshipped. Worship changes the worshiper into the one worshipped. When we become worshipers and we start worshiping Christ, it will change us into his image. If you want to be in the image of Christ, learn to worship him. If you want to fulfill Romans chapter 8 verse 29 to be conformed in his image, if you want to fulfill the will of God for your life, be a worshiper. True worship that pleases God radiates throughout a person's life. (laughs) Can that baby say amen? Praise God. True worship that pleases God radiates throughout a person's life. John 4, 23 and 24. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such a one to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Cuando no puedes encontrar a Dios when you can't find god begin to worship and he'll find you so many of us are looking for jesus and he's looking to come listen i need you to listen very carefully you're trying to find god in a situation he's not in the situation he's in your worship do you guys realize you begin to worship god god the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of Israel, which means he inhabits the praises of his people. And when you praise, that's a form of worship. And as you're worshiping, God becomes, the in, he enters in, and not only does he get you, he brings you up to where he's at. Watch this. God is like a chauffeur. He'll come and pick you up when you worship, and he'll bring you through your worship up to the throne room. How do I know? Because the Bible says when we begin to pray, which is another form of worship, it says that we now can come beho- before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace in the time of need. What is the throne room of grace it's where Jesus sits now seated at the right hand of the father this is where Jesus is at so when we pray we're not throwing up prayers when we pray we're going before God why because we worship God comes down and gets us this is why the Bible says that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise and then from his courts we go into the holies of holies where the throne room is you got to start off you don't just start off asking you know my if my son comes in my room in the morning and comes in and goes hey dad can I do this for school I look at him I'm like first of all can you at least greet me There's an order to this. First, hey dad, good morning. Hey, how you doing son, good morning. How are you doing dad? I'm doing fine. By the way, can I have lunch? Uh, can I eat lunch out today? Can you come bring me lunch? You know what, sure. You know the funny part about it is if he just came and said, dad, I need you to bring me lunch today. No, I ain't bringing you lunch. Matter of fact, you ain't eating lunch today. We're having a fast, 12 o'clock. How hey, like that? dilly dilly watch it so when we pray don't just go to God start going God will you please just bless me God bless me bless me and and help me God I'm all all God and God why don't you say first of all you come and you say you enter enter his gates with thanksgiving Lord I just want to thank you just for being my God God I thank you just that you saved me and you redeemed me that you've given me the power of the Holy Ghost to keep me and then it's, once it go from the thanksgiving, then you enter his courts with praise and you say, God, you're so beautiful. You're so lovely. God, you're God all by yourself. There's none like you for you sit high and you look down low for the heavens is your throne and the earth is your footstool. God, you are God and I love you. You're my fortress, my refuge, my high tower, my deliverer, my healer. God, I love you so much. You're my strength when I'm weak, Lord. You're my wisdom when I'm not thinking right, God. You, you, you give me a way out of no way, and I thank you. And as you begin to praise him, now, now that you've gotten from the gates and you've gotten into the, the inner courts, now it's time to go boldly before the throne of grace to obtain the mercy and the grace that you're looking for. God is calling all of us to worship him in spirit and truth, but we have to be intentional about it. We have to set those times to worship him. Set it. Be intentional about it. And when we are intentional about his worship, will we be intentional about abiding in his word and abiding where Christ is at so that we can fulfill the plan and the vision that God gives us? Amen? Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Praise God. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But well, we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.